Um, who boy? So I um, how do I start these things off? So depressing. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Foam Flame. I'm your host, Daniel Flame. Guess what? I saw the Batman movie. Yep. And first and foremost, I gotta say, um, I like this movie. I really did. Um, that being said, I do have a fair bit of criticism, and like my brain likes to wander upon um, sitting and reflecting on the movie. Um, my little bit of criticism turned into a lot of criticism, but in no way, shape, or form do I consider this movie bad or terrible or wrong in any way, shape, or form. I, like I said, really enjoyed this movie. Um, right off the bat, normally I wait until the end of my reviews to say this, but I am going to purchase this movie, not just off of the merit of it being another Batman movie, but in some of the actual aspects of the movie that I found incredibly entertaining. It was something that I. I was in. I was excited for. It was really the. It's literally the only movie this year that I wanted to see, and then upon seeing it, it was not bad. That is something that I can honestly say is good enough for me as far as this movie is concerned. It was not bad in any way, shape, or form. Um, and that honestly was okay because I curbed my enthusiasm. I really did. Uh, I, you know, upon the first trailer, like a lot of people was super excited for this movie, but at the same time, I understood that I need, like, this wasn't going to be similar to any other type of Batman movie. Well, that's, that's a stupid thing to say. No, this was similar to Batman movie because it's a fucking Batman movie. Everything he's going to do is going to be some related to Batman. Don't be an idiot, Daniel. But this wasn't going to be something where it was like just a, a straight up beat em up or anything like that. Nothing vindictive of the old Joe Schumacher movies or um, halfway uh, decent uh, concepts of detective-isms <laughs> like in the Tim Burton movies, but something that will probably focus a lot more or be far more heavily prepared um, to dive into Batman the character Batman without trying to stray away or go in depth or just like relentlessly beat you over the head with the psyche of Bruce Wayne, um, which is not generally necessary anymore. Um, not in the sense of being like, you know, well, you don't need to show his parents dying or talk about his parents dying um, or anything like that because we all know who Batman is. You know, the same stupid shit that they did when they made the fucking, Tom Holland Spider-Man movies to sit there and be like, we don't need to talk about Uncle Ben. People know about Uncle Ben already. We don't want to depress people. But that's a core element of that character. That's what makes and defines that character to make them the person that they are. So to ignore it, to dance around it, to just flat out not even fucking mention it at any point in time is a disgusting thing as well as a huge disservice to what the character is and who they are. Um, and this movie did not do such a thing. It did not have to show you the murder of the parents, but it lets you know exactly the anger and the pain that Batman was going through. Literally, the theme of the entire fucking movie is vengeance. It, it's kind of heavy-handed, exactly how much they were trying to beat you over the head with him getting away from that notion or concept. But there's multiple people who call him vengeance. Um, 
And I guess I would have preferred it if they just had one more interaction in which he spoke that towards people. Um, but you do get the thing that was vindictive from the trailer where when he beat the hell out of that guy, he said, I'm vengeance. <laughs> and, you know, and then, um, so then like, you just had a lot of people just calling him that. And I was like, all right, you know, if that was something that he was prone to do, then I would understand that notion. But now it just kind of seems weird that everyone's just giving him that title with no prior notion behind it. They probably should have clarified that. Now, first and foremost, this, uh, you know, I, I would, be remiss if I didn't mention this, but this movie is um, th this is a this is a good sit down and take up a chunk of your time type of movie. Um, the runtime is almost three hours. It's not exactly you know, like some people are being hyperbolic about the exact time, but um, realistically, you know, you cut out credits or anything like that. It it probably won't be that much, but it's still a good chunk of change. So. And then especially if you go to the theaters and then you already got the trailers that come before the movie. So, and then that's the thing. Also, what's hilarious is to be forewarned, if you're going to an AMC theater, um, they actually increased the price of the tickets for the movie. So just be careful with that one. Uh, really be careful with that one. Um, it, it, I believe it's a dollar for anywhere that you go to in an AMC theater. Um, but luckily for me, I've seen like the reports and shit like that and people complaining about like, you know, the price went from, I, um, I think like a standard matinee for certain people was about 17 bucks. And my eyes just kind of, my eyebrows shot up when I saw that. Uh, luckily for me, I have a, <laughs> I go to an AMC theater that's uh, tucked away. And so the price did go up and it went up by a dollar. But my movie tickets, whenever I go to the theaters to see a movie, um, this is even before the fucking pandemic and prior to afterwards, uh, is $5. I'm not lying. I spend about $5.45. Yes, I'm bragging right now because I find it hilarious. And the price went up to 6 So I spent 6 bucks to go see this movie while people are complaining about them spending damn near $20 for a ticket. And I have to laugh. And no, the theater is not run down. No, it does not have a bad screen or anything like that. Big ass shit, nice comfy, nice comfy chairs. Like I said, I'm fucking bragging. But I digress. <laughs> the movie itself is long. Now, what's crazy though is that this movie, unlike Dune, which actually has a shorter runtime, I know this for a fact because when I came home, I started to watch Dune as I bought the Blu-ray for that, which is another movie I recommended and said is actually good, um, or I enjoyed, despite the constant feel of, uh, a, a, like, like, Dune felt long, but Batman was just long, but it was entertaining. Um, I would say Dune kind of had the same feel like Titanic, because Titanic was just building up to something grand, but the whole time you're watching the movie, you're like, man, I just can't wait for this fucking boat to sink. <laughs> um, so that just kind of pushed you along. Man, I tell you, uh, uh, James Cameron, you know? <laughs> but again, I digress. This movie was long, so be prepared to sit down. Luckily, um, I actually found myself enthralled with everything that was going on. The mystery element that this movie had was pretty good. Um, it wasn't anything on the level of seven, you know, it wasn't anything on the level of some of the better 
um, detective or mystery type movies or anything like that. But it was fairly ingenious as well as well constructed, especially in terms of deviating or in terms of showcasing the Riddler of all people. Now, as much as you might have a bunch of people who like to throw shade on the Batman Forever movie and Jim Carrey's performance of the Riddler, I gotta say, from the bottom of my heart, go fuck yourself. I grew up watching that movie. I have a VHS copy of that movie. I love that movie. I see nothing wrong with that movie. Upon learning what Joel Schumacher originally wanted to do with that movie, I am upset that that is what wasn't given to everyone. But I do still like Batman Forever. Um, like, realistically, look up what Joel Schumacher actually had. Like, he wanted to do so much shit diving into Bruce Wayne. It was amazing. And, like, honestly, it's very poignant because it's the type of shit that people want to see Bruce Wayne do now. It's something that he wanted to tackle, but essentially the studio was like, nah, son. It, it really fucked up. But it, it like, and it, it, really really grasps hold of the whole theme of him accepting both bruce wayne and his batman persona um in tandem with what's going on with two-face as well as what's going on with the riddler um it like the whole theme of the movie was generally focused on the whole um mask aspect or like living a double life and whatnot and really it, it, it could have been something better but that's not what we got. We got Batman Forever, and I still enjoy Batman Forever. So I do not have a problem with Jim Carrey's version of Riddler within Batman Forever. What people don't understand is that Jim Carrey was paying homage to the Riddler from the old 1980s TV show. And the thing is, is that the Riddler um, that Jim Carrey showcased, as well as what they did in the 1980s series, is who the Riddler is. Um I'm not like a perfect expert on this shit, but I know enough about the character to understand that the motherfucker do what he do to prove his intelligence. All right. So it, it, it's not a question or a matter of essentially just being like, you know, you got to have him have like a revenge reason or anything like that. And much like the Batman forever movie, this movie kind of sent um, teeters on having him have that aspect. He's doing shit for revenge, um, which in itself isn't necessarily a core element of Riddler's character, but how Batman Forever handled it, I would say was generally better executed, considering the fact that he was working in Wayne Industries. He looked up to Bruce Wayne. He had an idea. Bruce Wayne immediately didn't want to jump onto it because of Edward Nigma's even like just insane personality of just wanting immediate validation for his genius to be recognized for his genius immediately and the fact that bruce wayne could not give that to him made him look at him as if he was an inferior and then it drove him down the path that he went down so it was done well it, it really was it really was done well uh in in batman forever in terms of establishing who the Riddler is, as well as building him up to be the character that he was, um, or to be the character that is the Riddler. Um, seriously, like, to absorb people's knowledge in order to make himself one of the smartest beings out there, um, and then even saying the quote, if knowledge is power, then a god am I, which isn't the quote, but saying the line, if knowledge is power, then a god am I. Riddler-esque, you know, the situation and whatnot was far less real in terms of a movie, but far more comic booky, 
sure. Um, but what the fuck do you think you got a movie of? But again, now I'm talking about the wrong fucking movie. But I'm just trying to let you understand. I don't have a problem with Jim Carrey's um, Riddler. I never did. I don't see why people do have a problem with Jim Carrey's Riddler. Jim Carrey's an overactor, and the Riddler is a very eccentric character. Hell, a lot of people, especially in the comic book spectrum, like to even um, pin him as like a, a a secondary Joker, if you will. Whatever, I I generally don't care. One of the one of the dopest things they ever did was when you actually take Batman villains and take them outside of the spectrum of Gotham and then have other heroes try to deal with them. And then you see exactly how badly they stack up against these people that are a part of Batman's rogue gallery for a fucking reason. Because as much as DC has tried to shit on the Riddler um, within the animated scope um, for a while now, it doesn't change the fact that, like, what is it? It's a book where the Riddler goes to um, Green Arrow's town, city or whatever, and basically puts him through hell because it's like, yeah, Green Arrow ain't Batman. So, like, you understand that. But fuck all that noise. <laughs> Again, I digress. Uh, this movie actually handled the Riddler in a in an okay way. Like I said, he stemmed everything from revenge, which honestly I felt like was a very missed opportunity in terms of actually establishing or having him want or need to do his Riddler-esque things. Uh, it was just way too much in the spam of um, anarchy. And I always call him Ken Anarchy because I, I try my best not to right then. But I just love if he was called Kid Anarchy. It just seems like it makes sense. Like um, from the uh, from the Arkham Origins games, like they people refer to him as Kid Anarchy because he was supposed to be younger. Um, but I just just love that concept of that of that name, Kid Anarchy. It's a dope name. But um, it just seemed like his aspirations or his mindset towards what he was doing, just like killing and tearing down a lot of key political figures or like a big high rollers within Gotham with a grandiose plan of essentially tearing down the establishment of um, false promises and not, and people not keeping up to what um, he believes that he was deserved the right to and things like that. It, It really fell flat in terms of a justification behind Riddler being Riddler. But again, if I could move that over to a different Batman villain, it would make a hell of a lot more sense. Not anything that would be similar or copying the Joker, but far more likely to be something that Anarchy would possibly do because it just it, it just really screamed Anarchy. I mean, having bombs go off that flood the city, forcing everybody to meet up at a certain place, well, exec- well executed and as and, and, and carefully planned in a way that Riddler would do something like that. But it all kind of coincide with destroying the status quo or the establishment or like getting rid of all these people that just screamed out anarchy to me. So you kind of had the best of both worlds kind of growing there. But at the same time, that's not the character, the Riddler. Now, um, I've heard him being referred to as basically a Zodiac killer Riddler. And it's hilarious, but, you know, it's not really that far off. Leaving clues, you know, it's it's a Riddler thing, leaving clues, having Batman try to decipher him and figure out what's going on and, like, see the bigger picture behind his small things. Each puzzle has a meaning, even the puzzles, there's puzzles within puzzles, and that's that's so Riddler. But Riddler generally did that in terms of trying to get you to figure out that he's doing the caper. 
you know, and it's like, how do you figure out how this well-executed plan or craftly or this well-executed or well-crafted um, robbery or, or crime or something like that is happening? Well, when you figure it out, then you all signs point to the Riddler. And then upon finding out that it's the Riddler, well, now you need to use your big brain to figure out a way to capture the Riddler, who's thought plans among plans among plans. That's one of the things about the Riddler. He is someone that goes against Batman because of his mental um, ingenuity. He is smart. He's incredibly fucking smart. And this movie had moments that showcased that. I mean, it was doing the detective shit out the wazoo, and it was amazing that it did that. But Lord knows that it just really missed out on key factors in terms of just trying to um trying to get far more out of the character of the Riddler. It it just it it damn near it sadly to say the movie had him as like the big bad, but it damn near put him on the back burner for the rest of the plot to actually go forward, which then later on brought him back in. And I thought that was a huge missed opportunity considering that the actor that they got to play the Riddler actually did a pretty good job at being his own kind of Riddler when they did give him the small moments of being on screen. But it, it wasn't enough. Not not enough to flesh him out like they did the Joker from The Dark Knight. And it's sad to reference that movie, but at the same time, you have to understand that is your gold fucking standard as far as Batman movies are concerned. Um when whenever you're doing something always look towards what people consider the best and if you're going to do something different or change things up or whatnot then hey you do you but at the same time don't not acknowledge what made that good and then what you can either learn from that and then either improve on or try to deviate away from to get a different perspective now this movie does that in in stride in certain aspects in certain ways which is really really fucking good and i'm gonna get to that later but in terms of handling the character the Riddler, sorely disappointed in the fact that, yes, the puzzles that were going on, true, that is Riddler-esque. But in terms of actually seeing the character or getting a feel of the character and whatnot, that is something that was really missed out on. The small moments that we got from him were moments that I enjoyed, but I wish we had more of. I learned more about fucking Carmine Falcone than anybody else within this entire fucking movie. And I, I shouldn't have. <laughs> I could suffice it to say I shouldn't have. But it it was still it was still okay and still watchable and still enjoyable. I just really wish that they did more with the character, the Riddler, like I said. Um, but the small moments that they did do that they did do were good. Now, um, that was another missed opportunity with um Robert Pattinson. And the uh, and the Riddler character. So Batman and Riddler's actual back and forths were um, sorely, sorely lacking within this movie. Which honestly, I felt that it had every opportunity to present, but at the same time, it just could not fully commit to it. Um, having a scene where he meets the Riddler in person for the first time in a jail cell, and essentially, it's damn near similar to um, Joker's and Batman's. Um, epic fucking interrogation room scene from the um dark knight which there's so much in this movie that essentially is like homages to batman lore um as well as just anything batman related which is just dope for anyone that's a fan um but but realistically that having that scene and their confrontation i just felt 
within the movie comes too little too late, as well as being one of the few interactions that Riddler and Batman even have as a confrontation. It, it just seems like uh, it should have came earlier, hell of a lot sooner. And considering the factors and the parameters that were going on and the fact of uh, Riddler basically planning everything so well that even upon him getting captured, shit still went the way it was supposed to go on some jigsaw shit. Um, yes, that was very much Riddler as, and very well executed and very well um, welcome. But I felt that it was too little too late for the movie to actually um, essentially commit to it as a character piece for the Riddler, um, for the Riddler, because of the fact that it was like, yeah, we're like, we're almost done here. And it just seems like this is now his grandmaster plan and we're getting a feel for it. But this is his second time of actually speaking to Batman, let alone um, actually uh, seeing him and like seeing him in person. This is his first time ever seeing him in person. And it's like, yeah, the movie's about to be fucking over with. That's a huge misfucking opportunity. Again, more shit with Falcone than anyone else. And and I don't understand that logic. Um, this is the big bad. This is the guy that's supposed to be the villain. This is someone that is one of his rogue gallery supervillains and whatnot. Yes, the crime family syndicate shit like that, um, Penguin and all that stuff. Those are prominent things that definitely should be within Batman. The fact that the movie was able to have so many moving pieces go around, but at the same time, not lose, not lose my interest. I commend the movie for, but also I do have to say that I'm really disappointed in the fact that I was enjoying what was going on with the Riddler. And I'm sad to say that I didn't get enough of him. And I wish I did because it seems like there was just so much more, so much they could have did with his character. But aside from boiling down his actions, starting off from a place of vengeance, having everything itself kind of be about him trying to tear down and stop the lies and whatnot without actually being in, in, in any respectable correlation to anything going on um, and uh of like the lies and things like that that he's saying like like he gives he gives a reason why he would be upset but at the same time it's like for the character riddler it, it ain't it shouldn't be that if anything it could be as well as should have been welcomed as simplistic as it's supposed to be within his original origins which is the fact that he commits crimes where he does not get caught because they're perfectly planned and whatnot like a, a quick brief history on the Riddler. His original thing is that he just, um, when he starts going into crime, he's able to perfectly plan everything down to the last detail and it comes off perfect and you just can't catch him. But he doesn't do the crimes for the sake of gaining wealth, money or anything like that. He does it for the sake of just getting a challenge. He's like puzzles and things like that have always been a major part of his life. And so committing crimes was just something like eh, another thrill. Um, and then he doesn't get caught. So then it got to the point where he actually leaves clues to either um, to facilitate or to help people figure out that he's the one who actually committed the crimes. But his, uh, I believe it's his ego as well as his, um, damn, what is it? It's another word. Uh, it's, it's something else that they also like he's labeled in terms of like his Arkham file and shit like that. But um, his ego as well as his, um, he has like he and his narcissism that's it uh his ego his narcissism all of that stuff um works against him 
in turn, well, uh, essentially he like sits there and leaves clues and being like, hey, you can find me. But because of how he is, ego, narcissism, his intelligence, it's a sense of this is po- it's even pointless for me to leave clues to let you know that I did this because no one is smart enough to even figure out my clues. And if you're not figuring out the, um, my clues, then you're not smart enough to even come after me. Thus entering the Batman who's able to figure out his clues. Thus becoming a, a new challenge for Riddler. Now he's someone that he can test his mental fortitude against. There's a line in the old Adam West Batman um, TV show, which was geniusly applied towards joke um, to, towards the Riddler. And it was something that essentially is true towards his character. And as much as people call him a Joker knockoff, it generally is exactly the same as Joker. Without Batman, there is no point in that character's existence. Riddler already knows that if there is no Batman, he would not be Riddler because he does not consider anyone else to be of a mental uh, or on the same level of intelligence as him to to give him some type of challenge. Even though Batman constantly stops and defeats Riddler, he still never concedes the fact that Batman is his mental superior. It's just the fact that, oh, you might have gotten me this time, but I know I'm smarter than you. Watch me prove it next time. And that's their dance. You know, it's different from Joker, who essentially is the exact opposite of Batman. And he needs Batman to exist in order for him to exist. With Riddler, it's I need someone that I can prove that I'm smarter than. Like someone has to appreciate my intelligence and only you can do that. But I swear to God, I'm smarter than you. So not having that be a core aspect of his character. Um, with me knowing that about his character was really a big letdown for me. Um, I really would have enjoyed if someone was to dive deeper as well to expand more on the Riddler character. And I was hoping that this movie would have did that, but it didn't. It did a lot with the puzzles and and the, the riddles and whatnot, but it could have been better. Hell, one of my favorite scenes that they had in this movie was when he was FaceTiming Batman and the DA whom he had a bomb strapped around his neck. And then he was like, you get three riddles in two minutes. If you can answer all three, I'll let you go. And then the game began to play. But the game itself um, meshed into the overall conspiracy as well as the giant mystery that's going on within the movie. It was very well done, very well executed. And I loved it. It was just, it was Riddler at his finest and and honestly it was really good with Batman answering and helping solve the riddles for the DA guy to actually get right but at the same time also trying to uncover the secret that the DA knew that the Riddler also was aware of and then Batman trying to figure out the bigger picture of what's all really going on because there's so much shit happening within this movie cover-ups among cover-ups and people not being who you think they are fantastic fantastic and I just wish that the movie had more of that going on, but it was what it was. Um, and that's just just in the spectrum of like Riddler being fleshed out a hell of a lot more or giving his due as a character. Because I assure you, a lot of people know who the Riddler is, but not too many people know of his actual origins or where he comes from or why he does what he does. So that was a huge missed opportunity as far as I'm concerned. Now, another thing on a positive note for this movie is the fact that essentially you barely get to see Bruce Wayne within this movie. You spend a majority of this movie seeing him as Batman, which is great, doing Batman shit because the movie is about Batman. The understanding or 
coming to grips with things that he needs to do as Bruce Wayne is done in tandem with Batman. In fact, one of the core elements of the movie is the idea of the vengeance, which is something that Batman comes to an understanding at the end, is that I can't just be vengeance. I can't just go around doing all of this because of revenge. I need to be more. I need to represent more to help Gotham. Otherwise, I'm just beating, I'm just whooping niggas' asses in the street and no one's learning anything. So it, it was a wonderful character development thing for Batman's character, which if you understand Batman, you know that that means just, that means more to Bruce Wayne than anything else is developing Batman. And the fact that this movie was having that be a major focus was really well done and well executed. Um, making sure his parents' um, shit don't stink. Uh, making sure everyone knows that his parents' shit stink like everybody else's. Making him um, develop more uh, of a of essentially of a connection with um, having having his connection with Alfred be very much an understandable one, as well as being a um, something coming from a place of love as well as contempt for what he does. Uh, really, really, really good. Um, wish it was more and he was less confrontational because he was kind of, he's just kind of a dick to Alfred for the sake of being like, you know, you're not my father and shit like that. It just being like, you know, you're not part of the family when it's like, that's the only family he's got. So his actions toward that were kind of weird. And and this is and it, this is going to dive into something else that I noticed that I felt was a problem with this movie. This movie is, like I've said before, this movie is long. But, you know, when you watch trailers, there's shit that happens that kind of confuse you when you see a final product. And that's that in the trailer, there are scenes that you do not see that you've seen in the trailer. And this movie clearly had a sign of, or clearly has signs of, more information or more things being implemented that we just did not get to see. Um, this is something that happened to the fucking uh, Suicide Squad movie, but then again, that whole movie's a clusterfuck. But it's not like this doesn't happen at all, you know? It's just the fact that it just seemed as if this movie had so much more stuff going on. And, you know, good job for the editor to trim it down the way that he did. But there were just so many things that was happening in the movie. And it was like, it seems like small shit is missing that explains why these situations or these things are going on. Certain times people popped up in, in the movie and I was like, why are they there? But then there's like, what was happening was like a distraction or whatnot. But then they might have gave a small explanation as to what was happening or otherwise it was like, I just completely forgot about that question I asked. But it it is, it is okay. It wasn't something that was completely a takeaway from the movie nor was it anything that was like game breaking of a contradict uh, of, of a of an issue realistically there was nothing in there that was like a, a big ass like um hole within the story or whatnot um as far as i can tell from the one viewing it generally flowed really well together it, it wasn't like um looking at fucking like uh any marvel movie where you sit there and go okay you've already stated this one factoid about this thing in the world or whatnot and then you completely go against it either within another movie or later on within the movie that is currently being introduced in and bitch they don't make any fucking sense <laughs> but it's like you don't fix that but this movie had no such problem so kudos for it on that aspect as well um, now to get to things that essentially, but 
but the detective aspect of the movie was very well done. Um, the constant encroaching um, puzzles upon puzzles and hidden messages for the Batman and things like that were done very well. But there's certain moments and certain parts within the movie that just kind of drugged on that really pushed the time that really pushed the time for absolutely no reason. There's a scene in the movie where he tries to take a letter out of a cage where a bat is at, and you have to sit there and wait for Robert Pattinson to reach up and take out the letter, and it just goes on for far too fucking long than it need to without the bat actually doing anything significant towards him or him actually showing anything or doing anything significant to the bat as well. Just oh, there's a, that's not a rat, that's a bat. And then there's a letter to the Batman letting you know that Riddler wanted to get caught and this isn't the end of what he has going on. Okay, cool, let's follow that up, shall we? Oh no, we have to sit here and wait for him to reach and grab the letter. Why is he being so delicate? He's wearing fucking body armor all around his arms and his hands. He has nothing to worry about from this bat. He can just grab the damn thing and go. If anything, it will be cool as hell to see that the bat gets calm around him, and then upon him leaving, it goes crazy for some reason or whatnot. Just letting people call him a freak more or something like that. Any of that. Otherwise, you just have a really long scene for no fucking reason. And that is a problem that happens in this movie because they just do shit like that. Hell, there's a scene at the end where Selena Kyle and Batman kind of drive off away from each other on motorcycles. And you actually see them drive up to the little um, exit point for them to like separate um, before like the movie actually just ends. And it was very confusing to me because I was like, why is this taking so long? <laughs> I was like, I, I get the sentiment, I get the motion, I get the Again, I understand what's happening, but this is dragging on way too long for no goddamn reason. It's this you get the same emotional payout if you just handled this better by trimming the fat of what you already got. So I already know for a fact upon buying this movie that the deleted scenes are gonna be a motherfucker. <laughs> like there's gonna be so much shit that they just took out. Because I, I just feel like it's kind of a pretentious move on the director's part or whoever just was like, we just need this long shot like why i just feel like we need a long shot i don't know dude i really don't know but going in towards um going back towards the detective stuff very well done very cool seeing all that stuff it it really had a feel of like when you were solving the riddlers um no not not that but it really had a feel of um Batman's interactions with the Riddler, where nothing is, ex is exactly what it seems, and there's a twisted logic behind Riddler's um, riddles. So Batman being who he is, outsmarting him or figuring out what's going on is so necessary for the bigger picture to get foiled. And that being the case and that happening the way that it happens within the movie, very well done, very well done. Now to the parts of the stuff that I didn't like. This movie has a problem with motherfuckers talking. Everybody kept whispering, and I do not know why. They would generally be in areas where there's no reason for them to whisper, and they would fucking whisper, especially the actor who played Jim Gordon. It seems as if he was trying his hardest to do his Batman impersonation towards Batman. I have no idea why he spent so much time whispering. They would be alone in an area where no one else could possibly hear them or see them, and he would still continue to whisper talk. Even in the moment in the movie when he actually needed to whisper to him, he just sounded as if he was regularly speaking to me, and I was upset at the fact that I was like, well, no one knows what Jim Gordon sounds like, because he's just talking at this moment. But, God, that was annoyingly stupid. I, I, I just 
felt that it was incredibly dumb. It was like, yes, Batman doing the rough guff um, voice or like masking and things like that. I understand that. I'm cool with that. I'm fine and I get that. But everyone else, it made absolutely no sense. Just multiple scenes within this movie just have people just constantly whispering to each other. Hey, how's it going? What's happening? Shh, can you hear me? And and it was annoying. It was super annoying. Just weird. Because it just it just made for like just odd dialogue exchange. Because everyone's whispering or like that soft yelling towards each other. And I didn't get it. But someone who didn't do that, fucking Colin Farrell. God damn. If you didn't, if I didn't know that that was Colin Farrell, I wouldn't have believed you if you would have told me that was Colin Farrell. But I give you this. He played a mean penguin. He did really well doing penguin. Um, he had, his accent was really well done. Um, <laughs> considering what his true accent is, is even more hilarious. Um, his accent was well done. Him having the, uh, you know, all the mannerisms, running the Iceberg Lounge, having, um, doing more with the Iceberg Lounge, which I thought was pretty cool because it was like a club within a club and the other club is called 40 Below. Nigga, that was clever. <laughs> I thought that was dope. And even upon all of this information being given to you within the movie, the beauty of the fact that Batman essentially is in his second year of being Batman, so he's in a younger... Um, you know, he hasn't been doing this for long and then him finding out different things about the criminal element within Gotham was a very nice surprise. It wasn't something where you just constantly see him get the drop on criminals so he could just whoop niggas asses in the streets. He still is in that phase of trying to figure out how do I bring these people to justice? You know, I'm no, like all those big capers where he needed to do detective work would essentially be over within his heyday of being Batman because he would have got rid of all those criminals. But the people who do petty shit, robbing things, stealing things from other people or trying to commit a murder will be people that whose asses he just needs to beat, the, like people who just need to get beat the fuck up by some bat justice. But you don't have that. You have those people who are still running the city with crooked cops, crooked mayors and all that stuff. And he needs to build a case against them in order to actually take them down or try to get them removed and whatnot. Slow build shit within every other Batman movie. But on this one, it was actually making moves and making waves. And I really enjoyed that. Now, not on the grand scale element in terms of him dealing with like multiple crime factions and things like that, like in The Dark Knight. But in terms of him dealing with... um. In terms of him dealing with the Riddler as well as understanding the criminal the criminal element within Gotham itself. Very well done. I really like that. Having it to where it's like, there's a club within a club. You didn't know that? Well, if you go to Iceberg Lounge or if you work there, you would know. Yeah, the Iceberg Lounge is for appearances and that's a good place. But underneath is the mob hangouts where all the high rollers are at. Terrible, like dangerous people doing dangerous shit. And then Batman is figuring this out and learning about it and whatnot in real time along with you. Dope. Just dope. Really good. Now, uh, oh, again, no whispering. If you go away from that. Another issue I had with the movie. Um, it, it, it was really, it's like small shit. It was really small shit. Nothing that deviated my attention away from the movie or just made me just being like, you know, this is unwatchable or something like that. But, uh... There was just so much stuff to where it was like, all right, that was just weird. Having um, a major plot point be um, an election coming up between um, a new candidate 
as well as the previous mayor running against each other. And then the movie kind of starts off with that, with the mayor being murdered. But then the movie just kind of makes it to where it was like the person who was running against the mayor is going to become the mayor, period. And I was very confused at that because it's like, well, shouldn't there be someone who takes over after the mayor? Shouldn't those the person who takes over after the mayor also concludes that, hey, maybe we need to postpone the election, which is things that can happen. Or, you know, it or they use or they try to use the mayor's death as a jumping off point to facilitate their career. Like my friend was murdered. Don't you feel sorry for me? This is how um, presidents have been elected people. <laughs> so it, it wouldn't go so far. I wouldn't think that it would go so far from the crooked world of Gotham to try and leverage some shit like that, but also to actually draw importance towards what's currently going on within the grand scheme of Gotham as the overall assessment or the overall help of Gotham is what Batman's trying to accomplish. So seeing exactly how that how that gets shaped and warped would benefit greatly. I mean, you could have it to where, you know, she's like the, the new mayor that they had, you know, she's running for mayor and then she got a person who she wants to make DA um, and that shows Harvey Dent. It's like small little tidbits here and there that let you know like, hey, they're on the up and up or they're doing some pretty cool, interesting things within Batman lore. Dope. I like it. I got it. Cool. Uh, but you can't do that because the Harvey Dent thing's been done within the Dark Knight. Blah, 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 blah. I don't want to copy. I don't want to copy. Mm. <laughs> but I did feel that that was a disservice towards just, you know, having that element to where it was like, it, it, especially when I was like Riddler had it, like it was a part of his plan for when the mayor gets chosen and stuff like that. So I just feel like it was a huge disservice to just kind of sweep that under the rug when it starts off with the mayor and then the corruption within Gotham. And it's like, all right, well then super, let's supersede that. Let's dive deeper into the fact that like, yeah, that corruption shit runs rampant. Even if she is going up in the polls, don't mean that her ass is going to win the fucking election. Who knows who's buying off who, who knows who's in whose pocket, who knows what the fuck the next person that's taken over after the mayor is capable of doing without with the mayor no longer being in his way. Something that just could have been going on within the background that just kind of took your attention every now and again. And considering that they did that with the election results themselves, I was curious as to why they didn't do that for like anything else dealing with the election. Now I have no problem with them making it to where the black chick was mayor. I just thought it was weird to how young she was. Um, it was like someone that young trying to be mayor. That was fucking weird. Um, but uh, I do have uh, you like, I have no problem with her trying to be mayor, trying to clean up Gotham and fix things and do stuff like that. But I do have a problem with the fact that you've already established and had this world where essentially crime rules all. And you just now have Batman, of all people, realize exactly how deep crime is infested into this city. And yet there's this woman walking around trying to become mayor and ain't nothing happened to her ass yet. Fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, you, ain't no one killed her yet? Seriously? That didn't happen yet? Get, get the fuck out. Like, she's a she's almost about to win and nothing happened to her get get out of here get the fuck out of here that makes no goddamn sense <laughs> just within the confines of their world and who they had doing what and what was going on it just seems redonkulous 
feel there's even a point in the movie where it's explained as someone was like, I want someone to get scared so they don't mess with me. And then they wound up getting killed. And I was like, I didn't want you to kill him. And then I was like, well, that's what happened. Why? Because we're in fucking Gotham. Ugh. <laughs> so for me to believe or to even make sense that like, oh no, like a good mayor was able to slip through the cracks when Batman's in his heyday and he hasn't really been doing mass arrests and incarceration and cleaning up the streets of Gotham like that. Hell, the man didn't even know that there was a secret mob spot. He frequently talked to and visited mobsters, known criminals, and just kind of, yeah, rather than, um, I would say, think of Michael Keaton in the Batman Returns movie where he goes and has a meeting with um, Max. Uh, Christopher um, Chris, Christopher Walken's character. And then he lets him know while he's Bruce Wayne, I know you're taking money. He's like, I, I know that your power plant is bad. And he's like, I know that you're like stealing from the people at Gotham. And I'm going to find out about it. And I'm going to shut you down. And then Christopher Walken just goes back and forth with him about it. He's like, well, you're a trust fund kid. You don't know. I had to work for my money. Like, you don't understand what I got going on. Get the hell out of my Get out of my I'm paraphrasing, of course. I love that goddamn movie. <laughs> but I'm just paraphrasing. So I can just get to my point. But it's the fact that you really don't have that established Batman yet. You have the new one. So the rampant crime and shit like that, which you open up the movie showcasing, that would still be something where I was like, yeah, you got this honest to goodness person trying to become married. <laughs> she ain't gonna make it. <laughs> like, she ain't gonna make it. And I feel like it was a missed opportunity that they didn't really either dive in on that or essentially kind of have a similar feel towards the Dark Knight. I'm not saying they should have copied it, but essentially they kind of tried to showcase that in terms of Batman rising up and being a hero by the end of the movie, when you see the movie, by the end of it, he, you know, rises up and continues to be the hero because Batman is Batman. He is a man who puts himself through hell for the people of Gotham. Um, and then that being something that ruins um, Riddler's plan, I just felt that it was a really similar to Joker's plan of essentially being like, no, I'm not a monster. Everyone's crazy like me. You just got to push them into doing it by putting them in a situation where when the chips are down, they'll fucking eat each other. Love that quote. Um, well, I love that movie. <laughs> but um, essentially, and then it was like when that was proven to not be the case in during his final confrontation with Batman, which was something that was, I would say, was perfectly good extra drama rather, I mean, uh, was perfectly good extra drama rather than the unnecessary drama like on Amazing Spider-Man 2 where you have a plane where two planes are about to crash and I'm supposed to care that they're about to fucking crash. Take a line out of Die Hard 2, which isn't a good movie either. Um, if you don't have anyone on that plane that I'm supposed to care about, why the fuck are we even talking about these people? <laughs> oh, just people dying in the plane crash. I'm not sad. I'm really not. I'm really not sad. <laughs> but in the... Uh, Jesus Christ, I uh, lost my train of thought. <laughs> I'm blanking for a little bit. Kind of sleepy. Uh, like I said, that was a long fucking movie. <laughs> But um, having it to where, you know, drama sat, you know, with, within the Dark Knight where those people are on the, um, on the ferries and it's like, yes, no one is on the ferries that you are aware of or that are important, but the ferry itself is integral to Joker's plan. Therefore, you now care 
about what's going on on the fucking ferry. And I'm, I'm going on a tangent here, but I'm just trying to show you like, you know, what, what's, what one was done well and the other one was not. <laughs> the Amazing Spider-Man 2 had two planes about to crash and then at the last minute they didn't. Who gives a fuck? Unnecessary. Totally cut out from him fighting Electro. One of the things that kind of slowed down the movie big time. Uh, not as much as them him trying to do shit with his parents. Never as much as that, but it was fucking close. Uh, but in the Dark Knight, you basically had Joker trying to prove something about the people. And then in this movie, you had Riddler trying to change the perspective, not, not change the perspective of the people, but more so get Batman to understand what their roles are meant to be and what they should be doing to got them to help out Gotham. So adequately having that aspect in it and then essentially not really diving deeper into the human element of said statement and whatnot, whether it be, you know, people who finally come to terms and understanding that, you know, Batman's actually out there to help us, not whoop everybody asses in the middle of the street. <laughs> <coughs> Oh man, that hurt. But uh it just it it just seems like it was such a missed opportunity to actually incorporate something like that, which basically is a what can I say? It, it it's a it's a far more understandable way to incorporate Gotham itself as a remaining as a as a major i was say manning <laughs> i apologize for that as a major key figure for um batman because the city itself is a thing you know like that's the reason why he's doing all this to help this city the city that for some reason in all of the world of dc is just the shittiest place to fucking live and he does what he does to try and help this place so it needs to remain a staple of the of of any batman mythos itself um, even in the Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix, the fact that Gotham looked the way that it did was perfect to me within Joker. And this movie as well conveyed Gotham excellent. Just fucking excellent. What's crazy, um, going off on another tangent here, is that most movies that have tackled the Batman mythos have actually done a very well way of handling Gotham City. Um, Tim Burton started it by giving it such a dark, gloomy feel, and even Batman the Animated Series made sure that the sky was constantly red. <laughs> and for some reason, that shit worked like gangbusters, goddamn. <laughs> Just at night, middle of the night, the sky is red as shit. <laughs> and it just, just, the feel of just hopelessness that comes from looking at that city. Like, to me, Joker did it perfectly um joker had the showcase of gotham perfect um similar to basically like a, a look of a rundown like like a rundown early new york but with a bostonian feel to it just i i love the way how the movie the joker showcased it gotham uh but this movie by having it to where it was like you never got a sun a sunny day or anything like that clouds were all over the place i was Reminiscent of the TV show Gotham, which did a excellent way of showcasing the sh um, the city Gotham um, to a certain extent. Uh, <laughs> but I was reminiscent of that as if during the day, Bruce Wayne is still seated in darkness. The city is still like just wrapped with 
with this gloom of just this depressing look in it. So regardless of what he was doing, whether he was Batman at night or Bruce Wayne by day, Gotham was just this depressing cesspool of a place that just had nothing but filth everywhere that you look. And by giving it that feel, it made, it just, it just sold the shit for the movie for me. And it just, it was a really well executed thing. And I just, I simply adored it. I, I simply adored it. But um, aside from the aesthetics of the movie, which um, I was saying like it was a tangent, but no, that's actually a fair criticism, if I do say so myself. Um, the, like I said, the, the look and feel, just wonderfully done, wonderfully done, wonderfully executed. I liked it. Um, was it like the funeral scene? It was being gray when he got out of the car. Just like, I just loved it. Most of the time while they were running around in Gotham, it was raining, which um, kept up with the, the constant looming dark clouds everywhere, as well as just how um, dreary the city would look with it raining so much. I I saw that that was something that people complained about, but I had no problem with it raining. I will say, though, that what I thought was just poor uh, fucking um, just cinematography or using of effect, uh, I I don't don't really know exactly what, what realm this would fit under, but the car chase scene between Penguin and Batman was a good car chase scene. The fact that it didn't have a bunch of fucking minions shooting at Batman or anything like that was more so just him trying to get Penguin was cool. That was well, that was well done and was well cool and was cool. The problem that came from that fucking scene was the fact that for some reason they decided to constantly showcase on the goddamn screen itself, the effect of water droplets hitting the screen. One of the stupidest fucking things you could ever possibly do during like any type of scene or like a rain chase or something like that. That effect does not give the illusion or or help anything that's going on in terms of like uh, chases or to make you feel or like understand exactly how wet or anything is. When it gets to the point where you can barely see what the fuck is going on, especially with the close-ups that they had of, like, tires and shit, it was just a huge fucking weird-ass, um, felt like just just shot choice, like, just weird shots that just made that thing kind of incomprehensible. Like, you just, you, it wasn't that I couldn't follow what was going on, but I was just really confused. I was like, why the fuck does it still look wet? Why does the, why am I seeing wet shit? If anything, if you're showing the perspective of like one of them looking at something, fine. I can get that. That would be cool. Showing Batman looking out his window to see um, Penguin's car and then having that wet effect on the lens. Cool. Now I see what Batman sees. I see how dangerous this road is considering that it's raining and whatnot. But I'm outside of the fucking car and you're pointing the camera at the back tires of the Batmobile. Bitch, why are there water droplets all over the scene fuzzing up what I'm seeing. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. It's throwing me off in terms of this action and whatnot that's going on. Weird, weird fucking thing that they had in that movie. And I just could not understand it. And in considering the fact that, again, going off the trailers, um, which did it better, and I hate when trailers do a scene in a movie better than the movie itself. Fucking pisses me off. But when in said, when in the movie, they had um in in the the trailer i mean in the trailer there's the scene in which um penguin is like i got you i got you and then batman's car comes flying out of a burning wreckage appearing behind him 
that trailer made me hype when I fucking saw that. And I was like, oh yeah, that's a good ass scene. What pissed me off is that upon seeing that scene actually in the movies, when Penguin said his part, the shit was fuzzy because it had the water droplet effect on top of the screen. So then I was like, it wasn't like this in the trailer. Why are we doing this in the final cut? The shit looks weird. It makes no sense. And it's not like you were doing it from like a clear perspective of the camera. And then you just had a fuzzy picture of um, Penguin because of the um, the windshield being all distorted because of the water. No, there was effect as if water was on the camera. And that's just fucking weird. <laughs> it's just super fucking weird. And, and it just it just really kind of ruined that moment a little bit for me because I was like, I can barely see Penguin. He's fuzzy now. God damn it why <laughs> i was like this was done better within the trailer that's so weird what was it um they did that on dune where essentially the part where the sandworm actually appears in front of um paul uh when it's like that that shot where he's like looking up at the sandworm that's just kind of out of the sands like i guess staring at him i don't know if they have eyes or not but his mouth is open right in front of paul in the actual trailer that scene was a little bit brighter while in the movie, that is the greatest fucking thing you've ever seen in your entire life. And it doesn't make sense as to why it's so goddamn gray. But it's just so goddamn gray. <laughs> and it's weird. But it's like, there's color within the trailer. But in the real movie, it, there isn't. And it just, it, it's just odd. It's, it's just really odd. But for this, it was just something that just really fucking threw me off against the, about this movie. Now, I didn't really say anything much about um, Lady Kravis's daughter because she actually did a pretty good Selena Kyle, um, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, her being a cat burglar and things like that, they didn't dive too deep into that, but they did really assess and give her um, good logical reasoning for her to be doing what she was doing in terms of like working at the Iceberg Lounge or whatever. Because uh, it's like, yeah, it's Catwoman. She's always trying to get the score, you know, the next big score or whatnot. She's a thief. Um, whether or not you give her noble reasons for being a thief or, or not, you know, I don't, I don't really care where you want the origins to come from. Most people would think from the animated series where she was doing the stuff for humanitarian reasons, which is odd. But, um, you go back to like the old Adam West age Batman shit. And it was like, no, she was just a thief, <laughs> you know, and it was like, or her original, um, takes and everything. It was like, she was a thief that stole cat theme stuff, but that's whatever, you know, that's comic books. That's whatever. But here, having it to where I was like, yeah, she's just doing what she's doing for the next big score. I just need to find out what I need to find out in order for me to get the money and then skedaddle. Cool. Catwoman, I got you. Now, they did something to her character within the movie that I thought was just fucking weird because it tried to add on to drama and it was completely and totally unnecessary. But it was trying to justify her basically having a moment with Batman where it was like, hey, you don't need to kill. Don't make yourself one of them, you know, or anything like that. But it just, it, it just, it kind of fell on deaf ears. It was, it was an okay thing, but still really out of place. And when it happened, I was just kind of like, oh, that's not a thing with Selena Kyle. Why would you do that? Ugh, whatever. <laughs> but it just, it, it wasn't anything too detrimental that just took away from the whole movie for me. But it was something that I was like, eh, whatever. But how they handled that, whatever though, I I give them props to. It wasn't wasn't handled badly. It wasn't like a shoehorned in thing. It was just that's what was said, and then we went from there and we actually executed it, executed it, <laughs> executor. Um, we actually 
gave it a, they gave it an execution <laughs> that was actually well deserved the situation and what was going on the elements that were being played out with upon said reveal and her doing her own thing was very well done i mean it could have been anyone they could have had any random girl fit that build to assess that situation you know um having the gun during like near one of the end scenes in the movie and whatnot anyone could have fit that bill did not need to be selena kyle for that aspect but that being said it was still a good little thing so that's okay i guess <laughs> uh ooh, that was something right on the tip of my tongue i was thinking about mm, was it was it catwoman mm-hmm. <laughs> No, 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 no. Oh, man. Seriously, I am so sleepy. But <laughs> it was, um, trying to think, thinking about what I said about Catwoman. Ugh, man, I'm seriously blanking. Oh, boy. I apologize for that. But yeah, no, they, they handled her character pretty decently. Um, and it, it, it was okay. It was okay. She has the most ridiculous nails, though. <laughs> like her nails were just ridiculous, and they were very confusing. But um, it, it just seems as if it would have made more sense if she had like the gloves that had the nails in it. But her having her nails be the way that they were uh, was just ridiculous. It was just ridiculous. <laughs> but it was like eh, whatever. Um, now, gotta give credit where credit is due. The soundtrack to this movie is just like a love letter to Batman fans, if you will. Showing Catwoman and basically having like her theme from the Tim Burton movies from uh, Batman Returns. My God, I I was sitting there just kind of like, oh, man, it takes me back. And I was like, yes, that's what I would like to hear. They weren't trying to make their own thing with these well with these established characters that have been in movies before but essentially pay homage to other times that they've been in fucking movies and whatnot even batman's theme itself sounds which is weird like this <laughs> this is something i found weird when i hear that like back when the trailers first originally came out and everything like that when i hear it i always heard like the empire's theme song from star wars it just sounds too much like dun 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 dun. It sounds way too much like that. But upon listening to it within this movie, where it's playing like a little bit longer or more like moments and stuff like that go by with the song and different variations and everything, and then it just it hit me. I was like, this sounds very much like. Batman's theme from the Tim Burton movies, very similar to the um, which went on to be like a staple for the Batman animated series um, music as well. So it having that feel was something I was like, ooh, I fucks with that. I get I gets downs with that. I thought that was really well done. Very very good in terms of like the sound and whatnot and just having like again this like when it had the selena kyle theme or the catwoman theme being done within them in this movie i was like that sounds right mm, that sounds right and it's like yeah a, a high string violin to it's like damn near copy like a meow you know or something from a cat or like a screech or something like that from a cat and then like you're just slowly like slowly pulling that for 
um, Catwoman during like a seductive or like a slow phase or anything like that. Really well done. Uh, but I really can't think of anything else to talk about for this movie. I'm pretty sure other things will hit <laughs> when they hit. And I know for a fact I'm forgetting something major. But it's just not hitting me right now. Um, I most likely will try to speak on this movie with a couple of my friends. Do a, do a good old hearty uh, get together episode of Fun with Flame with a bunch of them. If they've seen it, uh, I, I'm pretty sure they have. But like I said, generally, this has not been the best Batman movie I've ever seen. I would never say that. Not in a million years. Um, but at the same time, this is not a bad Batman movie in, in all fronts. This does have a lot, and it carries a lot of different elements within Batman's character or stuff that he's known for, especially the detective element that you don't get to see in a lot of Batman movies. Now, the problem with that is that because it majorly focuses on the mystery element that's going on within the story that is that is completely integral towards the detective aspect of the movie, that kind of kills like the rewatch aspect of the movie. Really being dragged like dragging along um, a goddamn story that's really hindering on the mystery element. Upon finding out said mystery, you really don't need to have focus for that story again the mystery itself loses its fucking edge upon another viewing i actually even talked myself out of seeing the movie again because of the fact that it was like once once it was over with i was like yeah i know everything though so watching them waste time trying to figure out everything it's not a like i'm not even saying this in terms of like debating like entertainment or staying you know or being still entertained or anything like that because much like with re-looking at the dark knight the movie itself or like what Joker's grand plan was and everything that he was trying to accomplish and what he was facilitating throughout the story. Yes. Even if I know this, that doesn't mean like I still can enjoy the movie again, but at the same time, the movie itself had other aspects and other elements going on that made the movie far more enjoyable. While this movie focused heavily on that aspect because it became such a core concept. It, I really don't, see or have anything else to focus on that really was like oh yeah this was a cool thing going on the back and forth between like in, and again using the dark knight as a reference but the back and forth between batman or the things joker was doing to try and prove his fucking point were entertaining and exciting things despite the overall mystery or the outcome of what he had going on knowing that he kidnaps the doctors and uses the hostages as stand-ins for his crazy clown killers and whatnot so the police could actually attack them while um unbeknownst to them they're actually the hostages while the actual hostages are joker's cronies with guns and shit like that knowing that does not take away from that glorious scene where he's like stringing the cops along on the ropes fighting his way up and down the construction building and things like that in terms of trying to and just by trying to get to the Joker and then have his final little fist fight with him or whatever. That does not take away, knowing about that aspect of the movie does not take away from the other things that they got going on. But the thing is, is that this Batman movie, just all of it is the mystery. So with that being the only thing to really handle and hark on, I, I'm hard pressed to sit there and go, well, yeah, I could just watch this for entertainment's sake. 
I don't, there's no scene of the Batmobile fighting underground with a goddamn garbage truck <laughs> or him popping off the bike and then going after Joker and having a confrontation of him not running his ass over because it goes against his rule of not killing. There's really not a lot of shit that goes on that hits that level of entertainment that's like, oh yeah, that's something that I would get from essentially like the comic book beat em up aspect of Batman comics, but more so this is shit that you would see in like fucking CSI or um, to, to corner phrase from other people, Columbo <laughs> in terms of dealing with Batman. So the rewatch factor is just really not there. Uh, but I, not in terms of me seeing it like immediately back to back, but I know for a fact, I will buy this movie. I will buy and own this movie. And when I buy it, I will watch it again. Because it is a good movie, but it's just not something that just really, really holds its own outside of the mystery element. But again, that this not that doesn't mean that it's a bad mystery element. Again, it's just just a bad reason to rewatch the movie. It, it's like Seven. If you've ever seen the movie Seven, upon finishing that movie, you're hard pressed to want to watch that movie over again especially with all the twists and turns and tricks definitely for like an m night Shyamalan movie um later m night Shyamalan movies where you just shoehorned in a twist but the earlier ones actually well if, if anything sixth sense as a major one just generally was entertaining enough or so unbelievably amazing in terms of dealing with the twist that they had going on that upon finding out bruce willis is a ghost you actually will generally rewatch if you did rewatch the movie, it just hits you that much harder and how well they were able to trick you into making you believe he was still fucking alive. And that actually was something that was generally cool. But again, this movie has no such element. The shit's kind of on the nose. Nothing is really overly complicated or overly clever or anything like that in terms of dealing with the Riddler. But at the same time, it's not engaging enough to just keep you entertained outside of the fact that they're trying to figure out what they got going or figure out what's the master plan of what's really going on. It, it's not the same feel that the Dark Knight had that just keeps that that engaging entertainment level up there. But at the same time, it is in a spectrum of like, yes, this is some shit I would expect from Batman. If they were able to harness the best of both worlds, could have been something amazing. Could have been something that would have blown Dark Knight out of the water. Because Lord knows every single scene with Rachel when she's not um, before the explosion is a waste of a scene. <laughs> but, uh, bitch ain't real anyway. <laughs> How the fuck you grow up with friends and then you become a crazy ass orphan? Now making sense. <laughs> Bruce Wayne is a weird kid. He's a weird kid, damn it. it Keep it that way. <laughs> you have friends. <laughs> you have loved ones outside of Alfred. That's it. Uh, people are going to help him through his depression. Fuck out of here. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. No. Uh, boy. <laughs> boy. If there was ever a character that needed to die, <laughs> it was Rachel. <laughs> Rachel. Rachel. <laughs> no. <laughs> but like I said, I'm... I am saddened that the movie really didn't have that other hook in it that just kind of would have kept me super entertained um, throughout the whole ordeal or anything like that. But it 
it was an entertaining movie. Like I said, it's definitely worth a fucking watch. And I'm going to get this movie. There's just so much in it that I can appreciate as a goddamn Batman fan. At the same time, so much in it that's just an homage to other shit within Batman, whether you know it or not. I'm not even sure if they're fucking aware of it, but it is something that I generally quote. That's what I remember. The, the thing that they were doing was actually having Riddler deliver messages through envelopes and um, fucking uh, envelopes, 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 and um, little greeting cards or cards specifically made with like little riddles in them and stuff like that for Batman. And if you didn't know from Batman Forever, that's what he that's what Riddler did to Bruce Wayne in terms of having him figure out who's doing or who's messing with him. And upon doing it all, he finds out that it was actually the Riddler. And one of the cool things about that was the fact that Jim Carrey started leaving him those messages before he even teamed up with um, Tommy Lee Jones's Two-Face character uh, in the movie. And so the fact that all of those letters themselves, when put together, spelled out exactly who was actually doing the crimes or who actually was the Riddler, considering that Riddler even figured out that he was Batman before he even figured out who Riddler was. And it's a small scene that basically kind of did a lot in terms of having the back and forth that Riddler and Batman are supposed to have within Batman Forever. And the fact that you essentially had that going on throughout this entire movie. Welcome changed the pace. But to me, I just felt that it was like a cool homage to Batman Forever and how they handle Riddler by having this Riddler leave a bunch of messages within, um, within envelopes and, um, and little greeting cards that have riddles on them and whatnot for Batman to try and figure out. And then each card itself was its own new puzzle that led to its own new thing that just made it, it its own little whatever for Riddler. And like I said, if it was intentional, cool. If it wasn't, hey, happy accident, guys. <laughs> that's that's all I would have to say for that. Just, hey, happy accident. You guys made a happy accident, and that is awesome. But realistically, very, very good movie. Um, it was a good movie. Definitely go watch it. I believe there's like a crazy shit going on in the internet where basically someone gave a take in terms of like the black people and how all the white people are bad in the movie and things like that. And I heard that before I even went to go see the movie and it kind of like irked my stomach a little bit because I was like, well, now I got this opinion about it and I didn't want anything before I seen it. But that's what the fuck I get for clicking on a video on YouTube. But, <laughs> but at the same time, I have to say, um, speak my two cents on that aspect. This is true. Um, I mean, they actually fucking race swap characters in order to make sure that like pre-established good guys are good guys. And it's just weird that they race swap these characters. Jim Gordon is such a whatever in this movie. I mean, like he's, he's necessary, but it's such a whatever necessary that you could have easily had some other cop that functions or knows Batman be around or something like that. Um, Bullock is a known cop that you definitely could have had around. Um, Fucking Montoya. That's someone I just, um, I was talking to my little brother about and it popped in my head. And I was like, why didn't they have her? Montoya is an actual key figure. Um, What's the, the black guy who gets his hand bitten off by Killer Croc? There's so many fucking people 
that exist within this comic book world and that have are established characters that people will be like, hey, if they're fans, they would recognize them and be able to point them out. But you've had multiple moments and multiple times to actually signify or to or to evolve so many of the cops in caring and understanding about what's going on with Batman. Like the um, there's a guy that you get throughout the entire movie that's basically constantly hanging around that in the very beginning of the movie is incredibly confrontational with Batman being around and calls him a freak. But near the end of the movie, he's actually a key fucking figure that was necessary in terms of figuring out what's going on. And it needed for him to open up to Batman being Batman to allow for that thing to happen. And there's a plethora of people that you could have had. And like, there's nothing wrong with that scene. So like you could have had that character could have been your little diversity checkbox if you wanted it to be that way. You need to make Jim Gordon black in order for that to be a thing. Um, and if your argument against um, Lenny Kravitz's daughter being black is that Eartha Kitt was black, you're an idiot. You're, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> like the Catwoman is not black, okay? But people like to do their weird shit of like making these characters making these established characters be played by black people, which is just weird when there's already prominent black people either within the story or that exist that you can just use and give them their day in the spotlight. But rather than doing that, you just, it's easier to race swap. Fucking idiotic. And if anything, I would take far more offense in the lack of ingenuity towards that aspect of these characters or to have black characters be put into something rather than just, um, rather than being like you know no no let let a black person play that and it's like no let a black person play like an actual black person that's supposed to exist that does some shit then you could be like oh I, I respect the fuck out of that i fucks with this guy and it's like yeah that's why he's in the comic cool right yeah that is cool fuck out of here <laughs> but instead it's like no let's just race swap this motherfucker Did, nigga what hell something that was incredible like i said i thought the mayor was weird within the movie i get that it was a, it was a key aspect for the plot but i just thought she was it was weird because she was so young she was just incredibly gun-ho without any sign of being corrupt or wrong or anything like that and then the fact that again this is early gotham how did she get up there she would have been bumped off a long time ago seriously why is this happening this is the, the good thing. Hell, her even talking about in the beginning she even brings up and talks about how crime is worse than ever Crime is worse than ever. Drugs are all over the place. And it's like, yeah, even though Batman exists, shit's still bad because that's Gotham. And then again, upon the realization at the end of the movie of what he needs to do would change and skew those numbers because he's no longer doing the shit for vengeance. Cool. But again, if that is all currently going on within Gotham, how the fuck are you clean? <laughs> how are you squeaky clean? How are you one of the unsullied? M god damn possible. Don't see it happening. I just don't see it happening and being it in a believable setting to where she's left alone. Well, she gets shot. That's not the same. She gets shot during the end shit. And it's like not the same. It's like, oh no, one of the crime families would have got your ass a long time ago. Especially upon finding out later on, like the original mayor's involvement with crime people. So fuck out of here with that nonsense you know <laughs>
they would have spot you coming a mile away and it would have put an end to it because you would have been this gung-ho, go get them, I need to make sure that the streets are clean type of person. And that's not something that these motherfuckers deal with. So, don't understand why she was still around. And again, her being black, uh, don't care. Don't know, don't care. But yes, there is a correlation to where the um, ethnic group, because even the guy that basically was against Batman at the beginning that then like helps him out near the end, even he was of, of, of an ethnic race. So the fact that, yeah, a majority of the white guys within this movie had problems. Oh, yeah, and I, ooh, a major point. I just remembered a major goddamn point. But yeah, even though most of the uh, minority or ethnic people within the movie or um, were all helping Batman or just these good Samaritans is very made very clear within this fucking movie. And then the fact that like, yes, all the bad guys were white guys. This is very true. Was also made very clear within this movie. It wasn't a sign on your forehead when it happened, but it is something that you can, you know, just ponder and think about when watching the movie. And it's like, why is that? But then that kind of leads to the one, the literal, one aspect of the movie that just made me go what the fuck and it was just something i was like this is how you make sure shit don't get five stars <laughs> or this is what happens when someone just like is like what how did you think this made sense as a line and there's a back and forth between catwoman and batwoman where at one point in time this bitch utters out of her mouth um all these um white elite um white elite uh, spoiled or um, say like something like just just come out of the gate and like all these white men these rich white men with power are the ones doing all the stuff and it just made me go hold up hold up hold up hold up how dare you say that within this movie and in this world you are already establishing as well as I've already done enough to showcase that Gotham is just fucked it's just a fucked up place. So it's not anything in the realm of just, well, it's these rich white guys that are doing it. And it's like, it's a fucked up place to be. Why did you say that? Why? What does that do for anybody? How could you feel that way? Now, if that came out of someone else's mouth, sure. But Selena Kyle is someone who lives in the fucking streets, had to work herself. She, she works at the goddamn iceberg lounge, drilled herself up to be the thief that she is and whatnot. So... This statement itself, it just seemed uncharacteristic for her because she wasn't really leaning towards that mindset of, of doing or saying things. So her saying it was just weird. God, it was just fucking weird. Awkwardly enough, in, in contrast to that, her line in which she spoke to Batman, she was like, anyone who talks like that, yeah, I knew you. I know you grew up rich. That line makes perfect sense. The line about her saying the rich white dudes and all that and their privilege, whatever the fuck she said, was just so out of, was just so weird and out of character. It just seemed out of place. It seemed like an SJW snuck into the writer's room and was like, hey, real quick, and then threw that at someone's forehead. And it was like, it was like, raw, is a balled up spitball, but they flung it. <laughs> they didn't spit it out. They flung it. They flung it, it hit him in the head, and then they unraveled it, looked at it, and it was that dialogue sequence. And then they typed it up and put it. And then someone went, why did you put that in the movie? And it was like, I, I don't know. <laughs> That's what that felt like. It was so odd. It was such an odd fucking thing for her to say at that time. And it was just so weird. And I hate using this word, but it was cringy. Ugh. 
it was just like, oh, what the fuck are you doing? Why would you say that? That makes no sense. But she said it. She said it. She said it, and it was like, all right, dude. <laughs> it was like, well, whatever, homie. <laughs> so that was the literal, like the literal key point of the movie that just made me go, what? And just was like, like an unapologetic, what? Oh, my goodness. But other than that, like I said, like I keep saying, all around good movie. Was it worth the hype? Mm, yes and no. I mean, you won't, you ain't never seen, uh, my goodness, like the beatdowns and the fights that they had going on. It wasn't, it wasn't something that I, um. Like, I, I would say I would have wanted to be far more in-your-face actiony with the anger and the rage that he showcased within the movie. But what they did give us was actually really well done and really awesome. Um, hell, they like uh, it's like a point in the movie where like you he basically makes like a smokescreen up here and then he just tackles a guy. And it just reminded me way too much of the fucking um, Arkham Asylum games. Um and I love that. <laughs> I just love that. Him having his gadgetry, figuring out different ways of um, solving crimes and whatnot, all of that. Him designing things, the technology that they had in there was actually different from stuff that you're typically used to when dealing with Batman. And it just, all of that was necessary to help out further what he had going on. So all around, good movie. Very good movie. I wish, I wish, I wish I was a fish. I wish there was more action. I wish they dove more into Riddler and what Riddler <laughs> into Riddler and to um, just like his actual origin or like more of a of, of a catharsis towards. Did I use that word right? I'm not sure. Um, but far more of an um, understanding of where he comes from or his need to challenge Batman in a game of wits. I really wish those those were things that. Um, were major factors that played in this movie, but they're not kind of just had out of body experience. I am sleepy as shit. <laughs> uh, but again, I would just say, go watch the movie. It's worth a watch. It's, it's a, it, it's a decent, it's a good Batman movie, but by all means, make sure you clear your schedule. Cause you're going to be sitting there for a while. <laughs> oh man. But you just might like it. You just might like it. So I can't wait to see the fallout from the um like another like you know just kind of here's hoping for stupid, but uh, I can't wait to see like people's uh critique overall assessment of this movie or just what kind of what it leads into in the backlash because you know nerds can't have anything that's for them, but I do enjoy the fact that this was another clear case of um a superhero movie essentially not falling into the guidelines of doing things where it's like, you know, a woman could be anything. She could kick ass and take names. Like Selena Kyle was getting fucked up in this movie um, a lot, but uh, it just, it just, it was, it, it was good. It was really good. It was really, really good. I enjoyed myself. I liked the movie. Oh man. But yeah, now it's time to end it. My voice is getting messed up. <laughs> But this has been another episode of Fun with Flame. I've been your host, Daniel the Flame, and as always, good people. Hope you had fun. <laughs>